From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily Bloomberg iHeart podcast. And I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael, Managing Editor of Crypto for Bloomberg News. It's Monday, January 9th. of FTX has had some obvious reverberations. Its creditors, most importantly, aren't sure if they'll ever get their money back. But the fall of Sam Bankman-Fried's empire has also affected a blockchain network called Solana, one of the newer and buzzier players on the crypto scene. Bankman-Fried was a champion of both the blockchain itself and of its associated token, Sol, or Sol. FTX and Solana Ventures even had a multi-million dollar fund to support crypto gaming. And Alameda Research, famously or infamously, invested directly into that token. But what does the collapse of FTX mean for the future of this blockchain and of that token? Bloomberg's Hannah Miller has been reporting on this and joins me now. The narrative that they're really trying to push forward is that they've outgrown FTX, that they're more than FTX. And they want to move beyond this association. In this episode, you'll hear excerpts from Hannah Miller's interviews with the founders of Solana, Anatoly Yokovenko and Raj Gokul. Hannah, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Today, we're not going to talk about venture capital, but we are going to talk about a little blockchain, or I suppose not so little anymore, called Solana, and what that blockchain and its founders and its native token have to do with Mr. Bankman-Fried and all things FTX. Yeah, so Solana came about as this blockchain that was supposed to be faster and cheaper to use than Ethereum. And yeah, its speed is its big selling point. Uh, and it was created by Anatoly Yakovenko. And he, you know, kind of put it together. It's actually named after Solana Beach in California, uh, where <laughs> he liked to surf. The blockchain really only just launched in the past few years. It's, it's pretty young, especially in comparison to big names like Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, but it's really just shot up in, in, in prominence. Really, one of the people who kind of helped it, you know, get to this point was Sam Bankman-Fried. You know, he was a, a major champion of Solana in its early days. Why, though? Like, what, what you know, what was his interest in the founders, in, in the token? Like, was it financial? Was it a partnership? 
Yeah, so we do know that he did have this relationship with the founders. He and Anatoly, you know, would appear together at conferences, do virtual fireside chats. Um, and SBF was really, you know, pushing this forward as, um, you know, a great alternative to, you know, things like Ethereum and especially Bitcoin. SBF is not a big Bitcoin fan. I don't so, think the, the Bitcoin people are a fan of SBF either. Yes, yeah, definitely goes two ways. But with Solana, you know, SBF took some big chances on it. So for example, FTX US has an NFT marketplace. And when you think of non-fungible tokens, you think of Ethereum. Like most NFTs are based on Ethereum. But Bankman-Fried chose to launch FTX's US, FTX US's NFT marketplace on Solana. So that was like a really big stamp of approval for the blockchain. And it also has a lot of associations with gaming. And as we know, uh, SBF is a huge gamer, you know, that he was playing games during calls with VC invest, venture capital investors. And, you know, it's, uh, I think that was part of the blockchain's appeal to him as well. He also built Serum, um, which is a decentralized crypto exchange on Solana. And I always thought that was kind of interesting because FTX was a centralized crypto exchange and Serum is decentralized. It doesn't really seem to go <laughs> together. So there's this idea in, in crypto and when folks are talking about blockchains of something called the, the blockchain trilemma, which if you think about it as being kind of three legs of a triangle. On one side, you have this idea of speed. Is this thing fast or is it slow? You have this idea of scalability. Can this scale up to handle really large volumes of things at once or is it more, shall we say, bespoke? And then is it really decentralized, right? Like, are there lots of different relatively independent players contributing to the safety, security, stability of this platform or does it rely to an extreme degree on a concentrated group of entities. As far as Sol where Solana is in this, you know, three legs of, of this triangle, you've mentioned speed, but what are the concerns? Like, what are the sacrifices it's making in order to be that fast? Yeah, well, I think with Solana, one of the criticisms that's sort of followed the blockchain since, since its, its inception is that it's too centralized, that there aren't enough parties, you know, verifying and adding transactions to the blockchain. And that actually makes it susceptible to attacks and not as secure. Um, and we've also seen, you know, this is a blockchain that suffered multiple outages, you know, in the past year. So that's another point of concern that this is just not a stable enough blockchain. So yeah, maybe it does hit on speed and scalability, but I do think that there's still this lingering concern among, you know, people within the crypto industry. And how do the founders, because they have to deal with a few lingering concerns right now, including, you know, the elephant in the room of their perceived association with Sam Bankman-Fried. You interviewed them quite extensively. Like, how would you summarize where their heads were at in that interview? Yeah, so I think it, it did hurt them on a, a personal level. Anatoly spoke about being in shock, you know, that he couldn't really square what happened with FTX with you know, how he knew Sam Bankman-Fried to be. I can't, like, put the two together in my head still. I'm still trying to, like, square what I perceive them to be and, like, what actually happened. It just feels really, really jarring. Here's Solana's Raj Gokul. Yeah, same. I, I think, you know, everybody in the industry that knew Sam 
and especially the other people at FTX. There were a lot of really good people that um, you know that that worked with FTX and and worked even within FTX. Um, and I think even they are are just totally shocked. I don't think anybody knew that the you know the the problems in that organization would would be at the narrative that they're really trying to push forward is that they've outgrown FTX, that they're more than FTX, and they want to move beyond this association, and that there is great thing there are great things happening on on the blockchain. That there are still, you know, projects and teams committed to Solana, but it was it was tough to, tough to talk to them about it. I mean, they had their big conference in Lisbon around this time, around when you know all the stuff started coming out about FTX, and mm-hmm. they sort of realized the magnitude of this on the way home, on the flight home from their Breakpoint conference. And the conference they felt had been a huge success, but this just sort of dampened everything. It was really great, and then on the flight back, we started seeing the news of like. FTX blowing up and like Binance buying them and not buying them and this like fallout of that was really hard to square with like the energy that we felt during the conference. But like the last, uh, basically right after that. A lot of people in the industry, they're, they're really still grappling with what happened here. As part of that grappling, is there anything that they said they would do differently? Like, do they feel confident, I'm going to use our favorite phrase, in the underlying technology of the blockchain? Or are there changes that they need to make to, for example, address the concerns about the lack of decentralization? I think they 100% feel confident in the underlying technology. And I feel like that's they think that's what's going to carry them through. Um, you know, that they believe that there are amazing decentralized projects being built on Solana and that this will mitigate, you know, the risk of centralized entities like FTX, you know, potentially taking advantage of people. Up next, more with Bloomberg reporter Hannah Miller on the future of Solana, one of FTX's most championed blockchain networks. We'll be right back. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. So still a couple of days before Bankman Freed officially, you know, files for officially filed for bankruptcy. But when he was engaged in a very public set of Twitter conversations with the CEO of Binance, it all feels like history, but it was last couple of months. So but Solana had been declining pretty significantly that week. You know, they were down like multiple percentage points in a given day. And then over the course of the seven days, including following the bankruptcy you know, tens of percents at a time. Do they think that the Solana token is going to come back? Or, you know, were people just worried about the prospects for a post-Bankman-Fried future? Like, where does their optimism for the pricing come from? Yeah, so when I asked them about, you know, this these massive declines in, you know, the, the price of Sol, uh, they said they don't really care about token price or they don't comment <laughs> on it. They don't comment on it publicly. And, you know, that there's more 
to, to blockchain than just token price, that it's really all about the technology underlying it. But they did point out that Ethereum has gone down a lot too. So <laughs> I think they wanted to make that clear. So it's, uh, you, you know, but I, I think it's hard to separate the two. I mean, the token is for a lot of people, how they know about the blockchain. It's, mm -hmm. you know, what they use to trade on it. That's that's what they associate with it. So I do think it's hard to separate the two. And, and whatever way you look at it, there's just been this huge decline since it's all-time high in 2021. I mean, you, you go from hundreds of dollars to, you know, around $10. And that, that's, a, that's a hard thing to, to argue against, you know. It's, it's hard to argue against that being a bad thing for your, the overall image of your blockchain. Now, you mentioned NFTs and, you know, the fact that Bankman Freed and FTX had sort of backed NFTs on Solana. But as you've also been reporting, the overall NFT market is not doing super well. Is the Solana NFT market an outlier in any way? Is it, you know, in line with the rest of, you know, with the Ethereum-based tokens? Is it is it seeing better or worse performance? NFTs based on Solana uh, have taken hits as well. And also one thing I want to point out is, is actually two prominent projects that have their NFTs based on Solana are actually migrating over to Ethereum and Polygon. So, and, and that was just announced recently. So it is interesting to kind of see that maybe some projects have had their confidence shaken in the Solana blockchain. So as much mm -hmm. as, you know, these founders say the underlying technology is strong, you know, the fact that you have projects leaving, it, it, that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Yeah. And with with NFTs in general, I mean, you know, there is this big question, are they just a fad? Is this a dead fad now? Mm -hmm. Because sales are down so enormously and there's such mistrust um, within the crypto community in general now. And actually, this, this just happened, but Magic Eden, which is the top NFT marketplace on Solana, has just had major security issues you know, where they've actually had to work out bugs, people were buying fake NFTs. You know, it's it's not a good look right now. And it's especially not a good look going into 2023, which I think has to be a reset year for all of the digital asset industry. I mean, I just saw someone tweet, it's time to build. And I was like, really? <laughs> just, are we still doing this no, it's time to reflect <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i think that would be that would probably be a useful thing for for various folks in the industry to consider but on on the point of reflection there was an absolutely to me revealing line in the story that you wrote about your interview with the solana founders and it was the idea that one of the reasons that they think they'll be fine is because people in crypto have very short memories. Now, on the one hand, yes, we have certainly seen folks and projects, shall we say, rehabilitate themselves under many different circumstances and guises. On the other hand, it does look like folks in crypto are more than willing to hold a grudge for a very, very long time. Where does their kind of belief in the eternal sunshine, as it were, um, of the crypto mind come from? 
Yeah, well, Raj uh, Gokal, you know, he made this point that crypto has overcome a lot of adversity in the past. You know, if you look at Bitcoin, there's Mt. Gox and that took forever to resolve. But, you know, Bitcoin's still around. Bitcoin's still, you know, still here. But I think in this scenario, it's it's quite different. You know, crypto has become more mainstream. You know, Mm -hmm. your grandmother knows what Bitcoin is now. And even though crypto is more popular and more well-known now, there is also this huge trade-off that every misstep happens on a bigger scale. Mm -hmm. You know, people are going to seize onto headlines. They're going to kind of lap up what's happening here. You know, Mm -hmm. there, there are people who are actively excited about this downfall. So yes, even though there have been these setbacks in the past, I don't think there's been anything on the scale of FTX. And the fact of the matter is, like, Sam Bankman-Fried was so well-known and loved by a lot of people, and a lot of people looked up to him. And Mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, his, his empire has collapsed is just causing a ripple effect across everything in the industry. And Solana is no exception here. And I know they've looked, you know, like there's been a lot of talk about using Solana in gaming and, you know, actually FTX and Alameda Research supported a bunch of projects, including games that are based on Solana. But I think it's, there's still a pretty long road ahead in terms of, you know, proving that this is the blockchain to use. For a specific set of use cases. Yeah. I mean, they want to conquer all of DeFi, you know, decentralized finance. And, you know, when I asked where the future of Solana lies, they they have a very, you know, big vision and they they want to hit all of all of DeFi. And who knows, maybe, you know, with the fear around centralized entities caused by the collapse of FTX, people will migrate towards decentralized finance to a greater degree. We don't know. But uh, I think that's sort of what they're banking on right now. Well, I think certainly one story we'll be keeping an eye on is whether a blockchain with a reputation for being too centralized can successfully convince people that it should be a backbone of decentralized finance. So 100 percent. Yeah. Interesting times. Thank you, as always, Hannah. You can find more of Hannah Miller's reporting on the Bloomberg Terminal and on Bloomberg.com. And you'll sometimes find her in our twice weekly newsletter, Bloomberg Crypto. Be sure to sign up. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us your comments, questions, or suggestions for the show to crypto at Bloomberg.net. The supervising producer of Bloomberg Crypto is Vicky Vergolina. Our senior producer is Janet Babin. Our producers are Mohamed Farouk and Sharon Bariro. Our associate producers are Ty Butler and Moses Undam. Desta Wonderad is our engineer. Original music by Leo Sidron. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael. We'll be back tomorrow. Countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. 
Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.